What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG Ingwen Show. My name is John Drummond or Yang Holland. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天的来宾 Zorin 是一位人资与教练，他主要是专注在建立履历跟职涯规划，基本上就是一些小 pebble 跟建议，让你的人生跟职涯都进步。那他在台湾出生的，但有待在美国一段时间，现在他来回两边跑。接下来就让我们来欢迎 Zorin。Today I'm joined by the incredibly talented technical recruiter and coach, focusing on resume building, life choices for career-centric living, just awesome tips and advice that we're going to share today on the show about how to enhance your career and your life. Zorin was born in Taiwan, but spent a lot of time in the U.S. and now kind of floats between both. So everyone, please welcome Zorin. What's up, gangsta? How are you doing, dude? I'm doing good. So first of all, a you know how much I love your name. I think I've never heard the story. Where did the name Zorin come from? Um, it actually sounds like my Mandarin name, which is Zhouing, and my father actually did a great job in matching it with a Slavic name, which means dawn. Growing up, I actually used to think this was a really weird name. Nobody else had it. People would always make a comment of, you know, I can't. If I'm outside in a louder place, people would say they couldn't hear me. I feel a little self-conscious of like, oh, it's really weird. But you know, I'm 30 years old now. I feel a lot more comfortable. I think it actually matches my personality.、Mm, that's so cool. Shout out to Dad for、uh, just very original naming right there. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Super cool, Zorin. You and I have known each other for six years. And we got to finally reconnect because you have been in New York and the East Coast of the U.S. and even a little bit of the West Coast for the past four years. Is that right? Yeah, mostly New York and New Jersey. And New Jersey, which is so random and so cool, because that's where my mother is from. <laughs> <Yeah> . But you're back in Taiwan now. You're on kind of a new chapter of your life, and I was hoping we could share a little bit about what you've been up to. So maybe do you mind, in your own words, doing a little self-introduction? Who is the woman, the myth, the legend, Miss Zorin? Yeah, so I am formerly a recruiter and English teacher, transitioning to be a life and business coach at the moment. Super cool. Yeah, what a what an eclectic set of skills. I think you've helped people find different tech work. You've coached and tutored all different ages for. English, mostly focusing on English yeah, and how they can apply,、Mandarin、right? For、oh. a little bit, but、Super、mostly、cool. focused on English. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you need a a great coach or someone to help you with your resume building, but also your your business, anything, you can do all of that, right? Yeah, and interviewing, and also just supporting you through difficult times in life because you know life isn't easy. Yeah, it's so cool, and so maybe we can start today with the recruiting aspect because I think so many of my friends right now. Post COVID, are thinking, you know, what to do with their lives now? You know, they were kind of stuck inside. Maybe they reflected a lot, and so yeah, maybe how did that journey begin as a recruiter? Yeah, so I actually transitioned into recruiting because I used to be in sales, so software sales specifically, and I had a lot of passion for selling things, but I never really connected with a specific product.、Mm. And so people are like, "You really enjoy working with people. Have you thought about recruiting?" So. Uh, right before COVID, I was in between different roles, and I thought, you know, I have this sales experience. I truly do enjoy working with people, and I 
did some research, found a company that I really enjoyed. I liked the culture. I liked the way they were operating. So I stepped into my recruiting role. And it was two whole years of a great experience. I was fortunate enough to experience recruiting in two extremely volatile years. So I saw pretty drastic market shifts within the last four to eight quarters. And so that's really how I ended up in recruiting. It's because I followed my heart and I like put mm -hmm. together a few pieces of my previous roles that I've had and ended up in one that kind of just combined everything together. Mm, yeah, and it's so cool because you're talking right there about understanding yourself better and knowing how well you work with people, but also leveraging some of your other skills, your transferable skills, friends. English mm -hmm. vibes right here could be good. Thinking about that transition, was there any formal training you had to do, any certifications? Like, How does someone become a recruiter, actually? Not for me specifically. I didn't go through any formal training. I think I was fortunate enough to be able to leverage my previous sales experience. So it is very important when you're interviewing and um, connecting the dots between what you've done before to the role that you're looking for, um, which is what I did. And then I had sales training and, you know, recruiting training from my company, which I'm also very grateful for. Do you think maybe you could give our audience here on NG England maybe what are the, what are the hottest tips and advice a recruit like you see so many applications you see probably so many different cover letters what really sticks out to you what helps people get get them maybe the first look yeah, so I would say the first thing is formatting. People often forget this is the more, more, most simple one out of them all. Make sure your resume is easy to glance. Mm -hmm. No more than five bullet points. I would stick to like three to four, honestly. You want to keep them very metric focused if your role is quantifiable. And so you want to focus on your successes. If you have projects and whatnot. And the biggest thing is in terms of your resume, tailor it to the role that you want. Look at the job description, find some keywords, use similar phrases and use lots of action verbs. So, you know, the power words like led, spearheaded, created, words like that, like Lots of strength so people know you're somebody who's a go-getter. You can do things. Mm, yeah, those action verbs. I, I love that. Okay, so let's say we just tailored our resume and we maybe got our first email back and they're like, hey, we want to talk to you for the first time. Mm. Is there any actionable tips you can give for maybe that first call, that introductory call? It's a it's an interview, but maybe they're mm. just still sussing you out. They're getting to know you a little bit. What could help there? Yeah, so for any round of your interviews, you should always research your interviewer in advance. Find some things about their, you know, their work. Maybe if you found some things about where they're from, talk about that. Warm up the conversation, really build some rapport with them. Specifically for that first round, a lot of it will be focused on high level if you're talking to a recruiter tend to be on the high-level company culture. So look at the company culture page. Be ready to speak about what you like about the company. And really, honestly, talk to the recruiter as if you're just getting to know a friend. Mm. They're people. They're the ones who are going to tell the hiring manager that they like you and that they think they should. Uh, the hiring manager should talk to you for that next conversation. So a lot of it was really focused on being human and just mm. understanding the other person on the other end, too. You're just meeting a stranger for the first time, you know, like, what do you want to know about them? You know, in, in a way of making everyone feel welcomed and yeah. it's a safe place, you know, like it's it's nerve wracking, I'm sure. Right. But I think you've said to me before off air that you can be asking them questions, too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can ask them questions on why they joined the company, what was exciting for them at that time, what's still exciting for them now. And I think 
for phone interviews, which are very common nowadays, uh, my personal tip is dress up as if you're going into an office. Do your makeup if that helps you get into that, you know, the feeling of like, I can own this interview. I think my biggest tip in terms of mindset is going into it thinking, I'm going to crush this, not thinking of like, oh, this is a really nerve wracking opportunity. I only have one shot. Mm. Oftentimes, if you mess up, it's okay. We're human. You can get a second chance if you write them a thank you note and explain that, hey, I was really nervous. I acknowledge it. I'd love to have another conversation. You never know what recruiters can do to help you save the interview. And also hiring managers can see that you're open to admitting some humility. Mm, yeah. That, wow. That, the great word right there, the humility Yeah, of just being like, ah, I was nervous and, and explaining your vulnerability and then, you know, just seeing if there's opportunities. 那来宾是一位人资跟英文老师，他目前正在转职成为生活与声音的教练。那来宾会当人资，是因为他以前有当过软体的业务，但他一直没有跟特定的商品有连接感，所以别人就建议他，既然那么喜欢跟人合作，可以试着去当人资。他想了想之后，觉得他的确也有业务经验，而且他很喜欢跟人接触，就找了一间他很喜欢的公司。他很喜欢他们的营运模式跟整个氛围还有文化，所以就在这间公司担任两年的人资。他很幸运的在市场最不稳定 （volatile） 的时候加入，所以在他过去四到八季当中看到市场上非常大的转移，这对招募来说是一件很好的事情。那他认为他之所以可以那么顺利，是因为他跟着他内心的想法走，并且他结合了以往的经验。来宾显然很了解自己，也因此可以有效的运用自己可转移的技术 （transferable skills）。来宾没有特别经过正式的训练。但他很幸运的用到了他当业务的经验，所以面试的时候要把以往的工作经验与技能跟现在要应征的职位内容做连接。那来宾会给想要面试人的第一个建议就是格式化 （formatting）。他认为这是最简单的。像他的建议就是，至少你的履历看起来是要轻松可以阅读的。那要点 （bullet points） 最多就五个，建议的话是三到四个。记得，如果你的职位做的事情是可以量化 （quantifiable） 的话。那记得要用数据，强调你成功的案例，还有最重要的就是要克制化你的履历给每一个职位。可以先看工作内容有一些关键词 （keywords）， 然后用相似的说法，并且要用很多动作动词 （action verbs）， 像是“我领导了”“我创造了”，让别人知道你是一个积极行动的人 （go getter）。其实只要把第一次面试当做是认识一个新朋友一样就好了。虽然说第一次见面通常会有点不安跟焦虑 （nerve wracking）， 但其实你也可以问面试官问题哦，比如说为什么会加入这间公司？那当时觉得是什么事情令他非常兴奋，想要加入这边呢？现在依旧这样觉得吗？那另外就是因为现在其实面试很多时候是透过视讯面试，那来宾其实在视讯面试的时候，他还是建议要打扮哦。心态上来讲，来宾也会建议说要告诉自己。我们一定会表现得很出色，而且不是一直想着说什么只有一次机会，我别搞砸了这种。有时候就算搞砸了也没关系，你可以寄信给他们，跟他们解释当时因为太紧张的关系，所以希望有第二次的机会哦。那我们继续来听接下来专访吧。So now thinking about you're doing a little bit more kind of executive level coaching in a way, is that right?、Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So people can reach out to you from all different levels, but you're focused on doing what? Mostly for you know the business folks out there. When you're developing a new market, I've had that experience going into a new market where I didn't understand the language, but 
you know, language is a tool. There's a lot about language and culture that comes along with speaking with other people. Um, so it's about helping you bridge the gaps between uh, Mandarin, what East and West also specifically, because, you know, I think when we talk in, I don't know how, if you do this, but when I speak in Mandarin, my personality is just sli- ever so slightly a little different. Mm. And so it's about connecting the two sides of what you've already learned and helping you transition into like a more comfortable business environment. Mm, yeah, that's so great. And so you're really acting as a as a coach with language, with culture, with business tips and, yeah. and it's so cool. Wow. And I wish you nothing but success because that transitioned us so nicely into your own language journey. Yeah. And more importantly too as as you just so beautifully touched on the culture and the culture of the east and west in day-to-day life, but actually the culture of East and West in business. 来宾现在主要都是辅导主管级别以上的人，虽然说任何层级人他也都非常欢迎。那主要是帮助公司发展新的市场，因为可能与上有些不同，那连带文化上有些差异。所以他希望可以帮助他们成为文化之间的桥
that's what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's direct. Everyone speaks their mind there. And maybe there you're actually taking a step back because there maybe people are also just talking to talk yeah. in a way. And you're actually, you're like, wait, no, let me see what's going on first. And then you can make an informed decision from that. Yeah. It was actually something my manager and I worked on a good amount when I was working virtually. He had mentioned that, hey, you uh, have a lot of experience to share. You're one of the more tenured people on our team, but you're quite quiet in meetings. And that's when I realized, oh, maybe I have taken a step back, really letting other people share their thoughts before I hopped in with mine. And then over time, I did work on like, hey, you know, I think it's also like it comes with a lot of confidence too to be like, this is my opinion. I'm going to share it. It's okay if people don't accept it fully. Lai-bing从小在双语的环境中长大,其实会觉得自己并没有跟哪一边特别的有连接感。像他不觉得自己够美式,也不觉得自己像台湾人。这其实有个特定名词,就是第三文化小孩,third culture kid。所以其实会觉得自己好像没夹在中间。那Lai-bing一开始是在一间外商公司上班。他当时觉得很舒适，因为那间公司并不是说很美式，也不是完全的台式。他第一次觉得他能够跟周遭的人产生共鸣，他会有这样的感觉，是因为他在学生时期同学们有提过，他们觉得他有点令人害怕，intim
And I realized that because when you're reading a book, sometimes you learn a new word and your pronunciation is wrong. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and I remember when I, you know, learned a new word and I try to go out and try to like practice with it, my face would get hot red when somebody would tell me like, oh, that's actually not the way you're supposed to say it. So I'd feel really bad. But then I realized, you know, you make mistakes as a human, but especially as a learner, it's okay. And the only way you learn is from making those mistakes. And so you just get a little bit more comfortable with that feeling. Too. Mm, I just love the mindset shift you had. And I think that's something that I hope everyone listening can take away of just knowing that you are capable, but you had to put in the, the consistent effort. Yeah. And you were going to was junior high and high school in Taiwan. Is that right? Yeah. Ooh, and that's a tough time. Would you say that Mandarin really helped you feel like you fit in, in a way, when you were in school here in Taiwan? I think it helped me feel more connected to people, which is the beauty and I think the power of language, sometimes also food. But yeah, being able to have a conversation where you're able to, in some way, shape, or form, communicate what your thoughts are may not have come out perfect. I know definitely there are times, even now, sometimes I speak Mandarin. I've been away for a while. It just has gotten a little rusty. I'll be like, ah, that word didn't quite capture what I mean. But mm -hmm. then the receiving end, whoever I'm chatting with, will be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The feeling of like, oh, my language, my skill set isn't nearly as sharp as it used to be just like goes away because I've achieved what I was meaning to achieve with my language, like mm -hmm. a tool. You know, so thinking just about that time that was so formative to your Mandarin, do you think you could share any advice? You know, what really helped you set that consistency in your life? Well, one thing is that I'm extremely stubborn. So once I <laughs> ah. put my mind to it, I was like, I'm never going to let this defeat me. I'm very proud. And so that's one. I think that's a little bit more of a personal note. But the other is really just fostering it more as a passion or a hobby something that's interesting so i'll be like oh i don't know this word i wonder what it means rather than oh i don't know this word this like this sucks mm -hmm. you know the mindset of just being more curious i think the curiosity really helped and so over time i think also with language learning you do get to a level where you don't necessarily need to learn too much more and you're already get like you'll be able to have good conversations with people and really connect mm -hmm. and so the gap between that, I would say maybe the last 20, 30 percent is really just about pushing yourself to like learn a little bit more, a little bit better, be a little bit more focused on something specific. Mm. So say you really like music, connect that with your passion and learn about vocabulary related to music. So then when you meet people in real life, you can talk about your passion and your hobbies a lot more in depth. Mm. Yes, I love that. And fostering it as a hobby, connecting it to your already hobbies is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. So if you love, I love surfing and I remember learning surf vocabulary in yeah. Mandarin and, you know, I'd go out to Elon and just like talk with surfers and they'd be like, all right, cool, dude. Like, you know, these random words, but all right. But it made me feel good and we connected. And some of those guys are my friends still to this day. So yeah. We're hiring here too. If, if you uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to stick is, around for a, a now, can I be the recruiter and recruit you? Yeah. This is uh, round one. For the this interview. is round one, and she's making great eye contact with you guys listening. Well, watching if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. So maybe is eye contact important in a job interview? I would say so. Yes. Hmm. Mm, something I think, especially in Zoom meetings, you also have to remember to control the room control the crowd even in in like you know one person if you're interviewing with five people 
in a in-person setting, it's a lot easier because you're using eye contact as a tool. But in a Zoom meeting, it's about, you know, like calling somebody and just like acknowledging that they were laughing or smiling and saying、mm. like, oh, I saw that, John. Yeah, right. Like saying their actual name. Yeah. And that's nice. People love to hear their name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, I don't even know. Like when I'm, obviously this is a camera, so I have a lens. But when I'm doing meetings, sometimes I'm like looking at them or do I look at my cam, like my little Zoom, what is it,、uh, your web, my webcam? Or do I look at, you know, like I don't even know sometimes where my eyes go. Yeah. I think people are pretty comfortable <clears throat> in virtual environments nowadays、mm. that you can look at other people. And then occasionally look at the camera. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful advice. You've given us some incredible advice this whole show. You are a wealth of knowledge. Guys, please、yeah. reach out to this incredible human. Where can people find you, actually?、Um, right now, I'm just on Instagram and、Woo! LinkedIn. So, LinkedIn is actually the best place.、Mm. LinkedIn, look for Zareen Wu. My photo has hot pink hair, so you won't miss me. You've always had pretty cool hair. You've always, since I've met you, you were always rocking some color of hair. It's dope. 来宾会给大家学习语言的建议，就是最重要的就是思维 （mindset）。因为像来宾以前只要看到文言文，都会选择直接跳过，然后希望其他的分数足够他通过考试。那后来因为太常这样，他意识到这样下去他没办法好好学习中文，所以来宾从十二岁到十八岁的期间放了很多心思在学习中文上，尤其那些比较复杂难理解的 （intricate） 中文。那至于英文的部分，因为当时住在台湾，他很担心会失去英文的能力 （capabilities）。他记得当时说话的时候，其实没有像以前那么流利了，但那是因为他比较少用。后来他就开始阅读英文书，然后看电视。但也出现一个问题，就是他看书时学到的新词汇，有可能在发音上不是那么标准。那他出去用的时候，可能就发音不标准，被人家纠正，来宾就会脸红。但他后来释怀了，因为他觉得在学习的过程中一定会犯错。而且要从错误中才会学习。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。A question I love to end the show with is: If you could go back and talk to a younger Zorin, maybe at the time when you were figuring out more of yourself,、mm. would there be any advice you give yourself about language, culture, life, recruitment, anything? Don't put yourself in a box. Try new things. Don't be afraid of getting hurt and discomfort. If something makes you uncomfortable, really dig through why, and kind of maybe even push yourself towards that discomfort. You never know what you might get. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's actually reminding me kind of something that I'm doing right now. Is I'm waking up and taking the coldest shower I、oh. can every、Ooh. single day, and yeah, right. Like I'm just pushing myself to do something uncomfortable to start my day. And I'm noticing that I am getting stronger and more resilient in in other aspects of my life. Like my mind is like that doesn't bother us anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can train yourself to be resilient. I think it's like a muscle. It really is. It is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to believe it really is as well. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Don't put yourself in a box. Be a badass like Zareen. <laughs> be a badass like John. There we go, dude. It's great to see you. 来宾会给年轻自己的建议，就是不要把自己放在框框内，要尝试新事物，而且别担心受伤，并且要跳出自己的舒适圈，因为你永远不知道你会得到什么、哦。那我们就谢谢今天的来宾 Zorin。
So glad that you're back for a bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I just yeah. love you, and I'm so happy for your journey. You've been on an incredible one, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah, thanks everybody for having me. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you know where to find her. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment, and reach out to this incredible human if you have any career questions or, or looking maybe to hire an incredible coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be here for you. Woo! All right. Thanks so much for listening to the NG England Show. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Bye. All right. Well, that is our NG England Show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG England or you can search on IG NG English ICRT. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7 and Wednesday night from 9 to 9.30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.